Hello, this is Renee, and welcome to my podcast. If you are in an abusive relationship or marriage, I pray to God that you will ask him to guide you out safely. There's nothing like being free and not having any pains or hurts. I know that a lot of times I don't speak on podcasts. A lot of times I say I don't say anything because... I'm waiting on God to tell me what to say. I, like I said, I don't want to come on here just talking about things at random, making up stuff. Not unless you feel it and you believe it. I've had people talk to me that has lost hope. Hope because the economy is charging too much. Hope because they can't get a job. Hope Losing hope because... Things are not the way they used to be, especially after COVID. And what's so weird about that is during COVID, a lot of people, and I can't blame them, a lot of people were terrified. A lot of people didn't want to associate with others because they were terrified. But God touched some people while they were inside their homes, uh, not able to go anywhere, do anything, uh, connect with other people. They started building on those dreams and hopes that God had put in them before COVID had happened. And they never thought about once, uh, you know, going forward with it. But a lot of them did. I just got through talking to a plumber maybe over a week ago. And he said his his business is new. He used to work for a company. But he started his business in 2020. That's like the first fresh part of COVID when it started and he likes doing plumbing he's good at his job he's built his business and now he's making money passing out business cards helping people with homes to get their plumbing done at reasonable rates because sometimes when you call big companies they want to charge you an arm and a leg because they've been around for a long time but we got new people coming in that are Creating things, building things, and making use of the gift and the talents that God has given them to do something even better than what they had done before. I understand we're human and we can lose hope. Understand that at times we feel helpless. We don't know what to expect. We don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes getting away from the past, the norm It's the hardest thing in the world to get through. I talk to my family a lot, especially my children, about keeping hope, keeping faith. I've had a lot happen to me in the last few months. I mean, with my health, uh, things not going well, and not sure if I was doing the right thing that God called me to do. Sometimes I still question that. But I do realize and I know that God guides, he directs, and he instructs. And you just have to listen. So by me listening, there have been things that have happened that I didn't feel like was good. (laughs) Definitely not pleasing. But God stepped in immediately and provided for the problem before the problem even happened. We as witnesses for God, 
for Christ? Why are we holding all of this stuff inside of us? Knowing that God has done something miraculous, amazing in our lives. And we decide to hold it in and not tell anybody else. There have been things I've told people that God has shown me. And they look at me with doubt. Oh, she must be crazy. Oh, she must be this. She must be that. And sometimes we'll question ourselves. Are we normal? Are we crazy? Did we just think that ourselves? What is wrong with us? But if you know for a fact what God has revealed to you, what God has shown you, there is no hesitation. And you don't worry about what other people think, feel, and say about you. A lot of times we use the references of the Bible. In the Bible where it says that Jesus, no one wanted to accept him as the son of God. And it was the Christians that crucified him. <laughs> Christians, so-called Christians. So a lot of times I, I talk at random. I don't talk about one thing. I talk about a lot of things. I have a YouTube channel that I haven't used probably in more than two years called A Lot to Tell. Because I have a lot to tell. And I never thought I could do that on podcast. I don't know who's listening to me. But I'm thankful to God for those who are listening to me. There was a church I used to belong to. And I went to visit this church one day due to a, someone that I cared about. And I guess I made a mistake in my announcement. I knew this person when I used to belong at this church. Not knowing that my former church members was going to grasp what I said. And I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. I used to watch them on Facebook. I used to be a part of their group. Notice that I said used to. Because after that day, I was blocked. Couldn't go see the sermons anymore. Couldn't go into the private group. I don't like being a part of private groups anyway. Why are we private when we should be reaching out to people that need to hear and know more about a God that's awesome and that can do more for them than anybody else in the world can. So whenever a church group sends me an invite, this is the private group, I delete it. Uh, is my former church saying that because I'm no longer a member, I don't need to hear the word of God? Because I'm no longer a member I don't need to be a part of this private group because only the private group is supposed to know what's happening and what's going on in there. I, I, I thought God was broad where he's out there in the world where anyone that needs to hear a word of God should not be in a private group. So that offends me. I don't, I don't even like the idea that podcast said if you want to earn a few pennies you got to place an ad and then you can get some money and if you get a certain amount you can get it out blah 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 and all of that there I ain't looking to get rich on no podcast I don't have that big enough audience 
And even if I did have that big enough audience, it's okay to get paid. I'm not putting down people that do get paid. Got nothing against y'all. But God has been allowing me to speak freely and to put on plays for free almost. I mean, a quarter, it might as well be a free because that's the only, that was the smallest donation I ever asked for because the church said, why do I have a program that's not making any money? And I told them that we need to quit treating God's house like it's a business. Remember Jesus turned over the tables because they was in there selling stuff and doing this and doing all of that. So people didn't like me because of that. Know why I offered my displays and my shows at almost nothing? Because when I was growing up, there were places I wanted to go, things I wanted to see. And if you don't have the money, you can't get in there. You can't watch the show. You can't do anything. Some people told me, your writings and stuff. Oh, they're not for the professionals. Oh, they're, they're, it's not for this. It's not for that. I'm not trying to reach the upgrades. I'm not trying to reach the upper class or the people that think that they're better than everyone else because they're doing better than everyone else. Or so they assume because they have more. Just because you have more doesn't mean you're doing better. I know what it's like to be poor. I know what it's like to be abused. I know what it's like to get hurt and to suffer mental and physical and emotional anguish. God allowed me to experience all of that, but still maintain in me the hope that I needed to keep me moving forward and the faith that I needed to keep me strong enough to move forward. When I talked to a former church member at the same church that blocked me, this gentleman said that a lot of people ain't coming to church, but they still paying their tithes. I guess COVID is still running people off. And before I got blocked and removed from this church, I looked at this person and I said, a lot of us didn't leave the church because of COVID. A lot of us left the church because of the people the people that are leaders that's supposed to be representing God but you're in a certain section and these people get to know where you stay, your phone number come to your house contact you anytime they want to I know everybody's life is private you don't want nobody to know where you stay and all of that there. I get it because I don't let everybody know where I stay. I understand that part. But as a minister, there ought to be a way to still contact the leaders of the church. I mean, that's why you're leaders, because you said God selected you to be over his flock. Then why are we segregated in the church? If you're too poor, you stay in the back or you stay on the side. You might get a quaint smile. You move a little bit up towards the church by somebody that's got too much. They're looking at you like you're a specimen, an insect. And make you so uncomfortable that you move and go somewhere else. I didn't know that that's how we're supposed to do God's house.
So see, when God started talking to me, when I started reading his word, he opened my eyes to see a lot of things that I really didn't want to see. People that I thought was holier than thou, good people, were not talking about people. Looking at you smiling in your face and then they want to help you out and then go say, oh yeah, she needed help again, her and her kids. And I just wanted y'all to know I, I gave her a little something, but man, ooh, I'm sick of this. Da, 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 da. Why help anybody at all if you got an attitude? Don't do it for show. You want to bless somebody? Bless them where nobody knows but God himself. When the church told me, oh, we can't give you anything for doing them plays. We ain't going to give you this. We ain't going to give you that. The ministers of music, they get paid. Uh, some of the people in the pulpit, they get paid. Not against that. That's man's law, not God's law. Make up whatever you want to. But I don't have to abide by it. I don't have to participate in it. So I, I mentioned to someone one day, I said, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to support anything that God allows me to do. Because the blessings that I receive for, from God would be bigger than anything they could ever give me. And I've seen it. Trust me when I say, when you have that kind of faith, keep on believing. Keep the hope. You hear people talking about God and saying what God done in their lives. No, he done it for you, but I don't think he's going to do it for me. Isn't that doubtful? When Jesus said, stop doubting and just believe. I'm not perfect. There are no wings on my back. I'm still trying to be a better person than what I was. I'm still trying to get over past hurts and pains. But God has this beautiful light that leads and guides you to where sometimes you might say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen next. And you're anticipating it and you're waiting for it. And you're feeling all this anxiety and this worry and being stressed out. What's going to happen next? Why not change your mindset and say, you know what? I'm not even going to think about that. I got to trust and believe in a God that says he can protect us from pestilence, diseases. Uh, he'll never leave us. He's always there for us. He goes ahead of us to make a way. He walks with us. He shows us what to do. And he helps us get the victory. God allowed me to write five books. One of them is called Shirley that tells my life about how God was in it all that time, but I didn't see it like I should have. A lot of people ask me, why did you start your book Shirley off as a little girl when it's on domestic violence? I did not want to focus on that entire book on just domestic violence. I'm thankful to God that he instructed me and said, start from a little girl. Because that's where my curiosity start in asking my mom about God. I wanted to know. <laughs> I was that curious. And then I said, I didn't understand why as a little girl, I was so obsessed watching the movie, The Ten Commandments. 
<laughs> That's still one of the best movies I've ever seen. But the best stories are in the Bible. The book of Moses. And we got uh, David. And we got Daniel. And we got uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. Joseph, oh my goodness, that's one of the best stories I've ever read in the Bible. His own brothers were so jealous of him that they sold him. At first they wanted to kill him, but they sold him. And when they sold him, he wound up being a slave and doing this and doing that. And look what happened. He became second ruler to Pharaoh. Well, I'm not sure if it's Pharaoh, but the, the man was the head of Egypt. And he put Joseph second in command. So now his brothers that sold him has to come to him to buy food. But they didn't know that God brought about a change in Joseph. He didn't look the same. Didn't even really sound the same. And they did not recognize him. But Joseph said, what man meant for evil, God turned it around for good. And he said, it wasn't their decision and their choice to sell him off. It was part of God's plan. <laughs> oh my goodness. Beautiful. So a lot of times we think what people do to us is wrong. And it is. There have been some things people do to us that's wrong. But we either learn from those wrongs and move forward. Or we let them wrongs destroy us and build in us this resentment this hatred because I think I said that I, I not only wrote five books for myself but I also wrote two other books for two other people one paid me and one did not claiming that they were children of God God is their savior praying we even got cards that say that they're ministers and they're called doctors and all of this here and that I didn't focus on the titles I focused on when you said you were a child of God and God is not going to allow you to mistreat and hurt people especially people that have been abused and hurt and you have experienced this yourself, but you're still bullying people. You're calling, causing mental anguish. Uh, and I had to ask God, please help me. Because I said, this hurts me. I believe these people. They said they were your children. So I said, if they're your children, why are they hurting me? Why do they feel like I'm worthless and I on this? So I started recognizing the signs in my body. Where these emotions kept coming in. And I think it was resentfulness. And it was almost like hatred. Bitterness. Because you claim to be a child of God. But look what you did. Now I know Jesus died for every sin. And wrong that we've done in this world. But if you've been abused yourself. Why would you abuse somebody else? When you know what it does. To an individual. It hurts. You think about it. Mental anguish. You're stressed. Your body is breaking down and feeling all of these emotions. Now you're getting sick. Now you're getting hurt. Now you're getting sick. Now you're getting hurt. Now you're bitter. Now you're angry. Now you're upset. So now I don't trust everybody that comes to me and say they are a child of God. That They say action speaks louder than words. 
And then they'll say, oh, well, we don't do things like that. Or we, 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 we got another way of doing things. Okay, but then that's your way of doing things. But don't go around preaching one thing and then you do something else. That's totally opposite of what God told us to do. It's amazing how many people that are... Because see, we believe in God. We who are the believers can be naive sometimes. And we trust other people that say that they're children of God too. But God has given us discernment. And I have to admit to those listening to me, the red signs were there at the beginning. Before I even wrote this book, the red signs were there. But I'm like, you know what? They say they're children of God. I say, God, I'm going to trust you. And then I'm going to go on and let do their book. Do this, do that. Lord, have mercy. God may have been in that. They, like they say, God allows things to happen or either... He lets it happen or he makes it happen. And I say, what do I learn out of all of this? Not everybody that say they are a child of God is a child of God. Simple, easy. And you got to use the discernment, the real discernment that God has given us to recognize who they are. And what what did he say? Uh, you will know them by the fruit that they bear. Okay, I'm looking at this group. And the red flags are there. You're hanging around with people that don't give a doggone thing about the poor. You're exploiting the poor to build your foundation. In other words, uh, this person needs food. Hey, y'all, can y'all send money this way? Oh, uh, uh, we, we trying to do this and that for Christmas and Thanksgiving baskets. I went to a church. I really did not go to this church to go get a basket. <laughs> Even though I saw the sign said free food, I went into that parking lot of the church to really ask some questions about the homes in the area because we were looking for a house at that time. And this person said, oh, open up your back door. And I said, I'm really not here for food. Oh, man, we have plenty of it. Uh, come on, just go on and take it. And I was like, okay, I'll go on and take it. And maybe I'll even give it to somebody else because God had already fixed it where I had food. I had my Christmas meal already ready in the house. Why would I want to take something else that could go to someone else that needs it more than I do? So I went on and accepted the food, gave out a business card and said, if you find out about a home, blah, 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 let me know. The ladies of the church, oh, yeah, we'll get back in touch with you. We'll let you know. Yeah, we're in a new year now. It's been almost five months and I have not heard from these people. But what shocked the crap out of me was when I got home and I opened up the box. The canned goods were so old, they had like rust on the top 10 part of it. Lord have mercy. And it was like four or five of the same cans. There was no meat. There was maybe a onion that looked like it had a bunch of holes in it. God said when you give people stuff, you give them your best, not your worst. How could you be a church and you giving people like, oh, if they that poor, oh, they're willing to accept anything that we give them. When God allowed me to do those 
theatrical plays. I didn't have a lot of money. This is not bragging and boasting on me. This is bragging and boasting on God. I didn't have a lot of money. But I knew the holidays were coming up. I remember growing up as a kid, my mom didn't have a turkey. We didn't even have gas to even cook a turkey in. We grew up poor. And then my book already said we were so poor that I, a shoe, a shoe was my doll. And I just wrapped a headscarf around it, pretending like it was hair. I know what it's like to be hungry. And then you give people canned goods like, okay, y'all got canned goods for Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's about it. So you don't, you don't, you don't need no meat. Your kids ain't supposed to have no meat, but you living good in your house. And then they'll say, well, that's my house. But if you say you're a child of God, don't you want others to eat as good and well as you do? I know I get off track. And I lose my train of thought because stuff like that just upsets me and it makes me angry. A box of canned goods, there's nothing wrong with that. But a little meat wouldn't have hurt. So when we did the AFC program and we put on the play without having a lot of money in my hand. Thank you God for reminding me. We used to give out gift cards at random. So that nobody could say we was being selective. <laughs> oh, she gave that person a card because uh, she know them. Because most of the time people help out those that they know and they love and they care about. So we put notations and markings in other areas that nobody knew about. So I said, God, whoever gets a gift card, it was meant for them to get that gift card. And one person got a gift card. And this is one of the so-called Christians. Oh, I'm doing so well. I don't need this. But at least she gave it to somebody else. That she probably felt was less fortunate than her. That's not bad. At least do that. So I guess what I'm saying is. This world... There's a lot about it we don't like, appreciate, have to put up with, stressed out, angry, bitter, upset. All of the emotions in one little old section. But I'm saying do not, and I repeat, do not lose hope. Do not lose your faith. Keep your faith and your hope in God. Because, see, we can't believe for a moment. And then when things are okay, and then we don't believe again. And, and, and now we're worried and we're stressed out. Once you start believing, once you start keeping the faith, once you start having that hope, you keep it in you and you keep on moving forward. And you keep on going with it and you hold on to God so tightly, you don't never let him go. I've suffered through a lot. And people say, well, goodness, if you suffered all that, is that what it takes for serving God? Oh, no, I don't want to do that. But see, I looked at it like this way, whether I knew God or not, that stuff still happened to me. But I had to trust and believe that he was going to make things better even after the hurt and the pain. 
One thing I didn't expect him to do was save me out of an abusive marriage. I thought I was supposed to stand there. I mean, these preachers and these leaders were saying, you know, the Bible says you stay with a person uh, with them uh, uh, for the rest of your life. <laughs> but it don't say nowhere in the Bible where God says stay with them no matter if they beat you and they hurt you and they beat you and they hurt you. So when I started listening to these people, I was like, okay, it was meant for me to stay in this marriage and, and meant for me to get beat and hurt. But that was something God put in me that gave me the strength that I needed. I wanted to live. I wanted to survive. I wanted to be there with my children. But 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 they said that uh, when you're married to this person, you ain't supposed to leave them. So it's like these leaders are telling people to stay with people that are hurting them or killing them. And is that what the leaders are doing? They're convincing their significant other or their spouse and letting them know, you know, the Bible says you're supposed to stay with me no matter what happens. And we are convinced and we believe that. But see, every time I kept getting hurt, God made a way out for me to go. And then I'll listen to these people and then I'll go back in the house and then I'll, uh, I'll leave again. God, help me. Get me out. Get me out. Please get me out here. Get me out every single time. But it was me that kept going back. God was rescuing me and I decided I was going to go back listening to the people and thinking in my mind and in my heart. I got to stay with this person. That's how it's meant. Or I don't want nobody to know that I'm being abused. Or I don't want anybody to know that my marriage is about to end. Ah! I'm so thankful to God to be free. Make my own choices. Going where I want to go. Doing the thing I want to do. As long as I ask God to guide and instruct me. He's an awesome, amazing, loving, and caring God. And even when I was sick, I said, God, look, some of us in this world can't afford health care. But what was happening to heal people before man took over? Before medicine became outrageous? Before... Uh, they started charging us or putting us on medicine to last us for the rest of our lives. So if we take this medicine for the rest of our lives, they steadily get paid. Even if the medicine is hurting you. Even when it's got 50,000 side effects. When it's supposed to only cure one. That was a medicine I was taking for blood pressure been on it for a long time and sometimes I wouldn't take it because it made me feel funny it made me go to the restroom too much and I started losing too much weight and my skin looking funny and I'm like what's going on so I guess finally years and years after taking this mess I started noticing more changes in my body and in my skin and all of that and I'm like why is my skin so dark darkish purple and why do I feel so lightheaded why do I feel dizzy why is my heart racing why is this happening why is that happening God said pills it has to be the pills well I was thinking it was something else because doctors like oh you're normal you're okay just keep on taking your pills but the more I took the pills the more I got sick the more I felt worse the way I felt bad it's been almost three weeks and I have not taken a blood pressure pill and I say God if something happens to me at least it'll be natural from you and not something that I'm taking 
I feel more like myself now, more energetic, more hopeful, more expectations of beauty and prosperity that's coming from God himself because he is the best healer. There are some things we're putting in our body that ain't supposed to be in our bodies. God said, trust him. Now, for those that are listening, please don't get me wrong. If you are taking medicine, you keep on taking it. Don't go around and say, oh, I listened to this woman on this podcast and she said, stop taking this medicine and something happened to me. No, God had to use me as an example to experiment with myself. We experiment taking medicine, don't we? We took the medicine for COVID. Well, I didn't. I trusted God. I didn't take nothing for COVID. And when I went to the hospital one day, this nurse came to me and she said, uh, we're going to give you a shot, a COVID shot. And I said, who asked for a COVID shot? And she said, uh, the doctor ordered it. I said, how can the doctor order something for me that I don't think I need? Well, your symptoms might be related to that. Really? <laughs> COVID started in this country in 2020, I think of March, it was probably before that, but I remember March 17, 2020, because that's when my former leader closed down the church before the city mayor did. And this lady got upset because I told her, if I didn't take no shot in 2020, I'm sure not going to take one three years later when God has been protecting me all this time. So she got mad and decided, well, I ain't going to be her nurse. Somebody else came in the room. Do you think that bothered me? No, it actually made me laugh. You're going to get mad because of my choice. Who forced you to take the shot? Now, if you do it voluntarily, that's voluntarily. You do that. But you're not going to force and put nothing on me that I don't want and don't believe in. I, feel, I still find it quite amazing that we believe in God that we can't see. But we don't trust him enough to protect us. I don't know what tomorrow holds. What's going to happen to me? The Lord said the same. My birthday is next month. I'm going to keep on trusting him because I don't believe God has brought us this far to leave us. He's going to do great and magnificent things in our lives because he said it in his word. And one thing I learned and know about God, he does not lie. Man can come in your face and say anything. Do anything. But God honors his own word because he's God himself. People will say, well, I can't keep my word. I ain't honor God. Then don't make the promise. Just be honest with yourself and everybody else. A lot to tell. A lot crosses my mind. I don't like to just stick with one topic. There's numerous things that we need to know and to believe and trust that God is going to make it all right. Jesus said worrying is not going to add one more piece of string to our hair or make things better. <laughs> but we worry because we are human. We get skeptical and leery because we are human. We've had this happen. We had that happen. Oh, Lord, this is similar to before. What is going to happen this time? I used to think that so much. 
And God showed me something opposite of what I was thinking. And I was like, I worried myself for nothing. I scared myself for nothing. But I'm human. But even when I'm afraid, or even when I'm not sure, or even when I'm skeptical, don't know what's going to happen, I talk to God daily and ask Him for guidance, for strength, for protection, for His continued love and amazing grace, not just for me, for my children, my grandchildren, of the thousands of generations ahead of my family, people that I don't even know. A lot of people are going through things in this world. God asked us to pray for them. We don't have to know their name. They don't even have to be our neighbors. They, God said our neighbors are anybody, anywhere, everywhere. And we even still pray for those that hurt us and persecute us and prosecute us. It's hard praying for people that hurt you. But God put me through my biggest test to pray for a man that was abusing me. To pray for a man that choked me to death. And still wanted the best for him. Now I have to admit, some people in this day and age, Lord, I'd be asking them, please, I'd rather not just think about them. So I just pray in general for everybody without calling out name by name. <laughs> I, I can't do that one. With the strength that God has given me, I'm still weak in a lot of areas. I'm still not perfect in a lot of areas. But I'm striving to do better. And one thing I wouldn't want to do is hurt someone when I've already been hurt by someone. Keep your faith. Keep your hope. Trust and believe in God himself. Ask him to guide you and show you what to do and how to do it. Don't think he ain't talking to you. Maybe he's talking to you, but you're not listening. Or you don't acknowledge it. And you're not sure that it's him talking to you. He's going to let you know in his own divine way that he is talking to you.